Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 172 of the podcast for April 17th, 2013. My guest today is Jerry Bustle. He was previously a guest on episode 137. And today we're talking about his recent book titled Anatomy of a Lean Leader. I just saw Jerry talk about the book yesterday here at the AME, Association for Manufacturing Excellence Spring Conference here in San Antonio, and I'm certainly thrilled to have him as a guest here on the show. Jerry talks about how he defines a lean leader and why President Abraham Lincoln fits into that description. He also talks about some of the modern CEOs who would put on the list of great lean leaders, including one who might be a bit of a surprise, the owner of the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars. So in the episode, Jerry will explain what it is in that NFL owner's business background that makes him uh, an outstanding lean leader. So you can visit the website for Jerry's book at bustlelean.com or to find links to buy it and to learn more, you can go to leanblog.org slash 172. Well, joining us once again on the podcast is Jerry Bustle. Jerry, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Mark. Well, we're talking today about your brand new book, Anatomy of a Lean Leader. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the book and in doing so, how do you define a lean leader? Yeah, I think the book was really an opportunity for me to reflect on what I've learned about leadership and to be able to share it with everybody else. And um, one of the things about the book is that I, in, in studying the uh, Toyota leaders and other leaders that I thought were very good at leading lean, lean transformations, um, there were certain character traits that uh, I um, discovered, and uh, I tried to hone in on those character traits, and then I saw a parallel between uh, the behaviors and character traits of our 16th president, uh, Abraham Lincoln. So it gave me somebody who, uh, over a long period of time, you know, it's like a principle, timeless and universal, uh, the behaviors of leadership. And so it gave me somebody to really use as a model for me to model my behavior, and I wanted to share that with others as well. And also uh, I took 10 uh, CEOs from various industries and all that and uh, tried to take some stories from them and, and, and show how they demonstrate these character traits. Yeah. In terms of what what are a couple of those traits? Well, I think the number one trait really is to be purposeful, and I think it starts with that, you know, uh, what are you trying to do as a leader? Uh, what's really important? For example, you know, one of the companies that I work with is Underwriters Laboratories, and their purpose is to make the world a safer place. So that really gives you something to focus on, and your, your true north is that. And then some of the other character traits, like um, uh, being respectful of people, uh, and also um, being a continuous learner and a problem solver, uh, th those are traits that are very important in an environment where you're trying to implement continuous improvement and at the same time show respect for people in achieving your purpose. Now, I want to definitely kind of you know, talk more about Abraham Lincoln. But um, before we get into that one question, I mean, when you say character traits, how, how much of that leadership capability or those traits are just sort of inherent versus, you know, what, what, what can be learned if, if somebody reflects and says, well, gosh, I don't well, have some of those traits? Well, I think it's really a personal commitment. 
to really focus on principles and make sure that um, you start with the principles of, for example, integrity, and you're anchored in that, and then off of that, um, that helps you to uh, draw, you know, to take the take the behaviors and, and do them in the correct fashion. Uh, all of these things can be learned. Um, I think uh, it's really a matter of commitment um, and an understanding. Understand what your true purpose is, and then really understanding these behaviors and committing to continually work on on a personal level, personal continuous improvement to get better and better in terms of uh, how you behave uh, in each one of these character traits. And we'll hopefully later talk about some of the modern CEOs, but I think I think it's really fascinating. You know, Abraham Lincoln is the the picture on the front of the book. Um, why I, I'm curious, you know, and I think the readers, the listeners would be curious to hear the thought process for seeing the connections between Lincoln, you know, as president, of course, 150 years ago, and and modern lean leaders. When when did you discover those connections? What what are those connections? Well, it was about seven years ago. Um, in in terms of my efforts to become a a better leader, I I decided that I was going to take 10 days and go over to Japan, and I really try to learn more about uh, Toyota, Honda, and some of the really successful companies, as well as uh, really study their leaders. And when I was I discovered uh, that the leaders were different than many of the leaders that, that I had worked with over the years and had some character traits in terms of the, their humility and the way they serve people and the way they went about uh, getting involved in problems uh, and trying to, to coach people that was different than I was accustomed to. And when I was flying back on the plane, I was uh, home, I was coming across the Pacific and it dawned on me that many of the character traits that I saw and the behaviors that I saw of the leaders in Japan uh, reminded me of a book I'd read many years ago called Lincoln on Leadership. So when I got home, I picked up the book and I said, wow, this is amazing. Uh, so many, you know, to a T, so many of the different character traits and behaviors that uh, I observed in Japan were the behaviors that uh, uh, and the traits that um, Lincoln had honed and and uh, and committed to uh, as a person, and, and and that really contributed to his effectiveness as our 16th president. Probably dealing with one of the the greatest problems was really the uh, the country being pulled apart and and trying to pull the union back together. So when we look at some of those attributes, I mean, did, did, does Lincoln kind of fit? that list of, of traits to a T, including humility. Um, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know he, much about Lincoln, really. Yeah, no, he does. I mean, uh, he was a very humble person. Um, he came from very modest means. Um, he, uh, he had a true purpose. When you think about the purpose, it was really to preserve the union. And when you think about respect for people, I mean, here's somebody that would have people, um, you know, he'd constantly get in that public bath, having people come to the White House, and he had an open-door policy during certain hours, and he'd meet with anybody. And uh, even even his staff, you know, in, in the cabinet, um, he would go see them. He wouldn't have them come see him. He would show them that respect to go to where they were. And he was very consistent in the way he, he treated people. He really did treat with people with respect. He listened to them. And we think of him as a learner. He was a continuous learner. I mean, he developed all of these skills through study, through personal experience, honed a lot of his skills as a as a country lawyer, 
but was a real student of 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 problem solving and he studied Euclidean logic to hone those skills. So he was pretty much a learn by doing uh, person and 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 gained his experience. So um and I think his problem solving skills were terrific because he was very he could he had this real skill uh, of looking at a problem very objectively and taking all the emotions out and that was the secret to his success in terms of uh, in a lot of areas and a lot of making decisions and do things the other thing is he wasn't afraid to fail much like the Toyota leaders he failed a lot but he learned every time he failed and he built upon that knowledge uh to become more effective and uh you know i think one of the final attributes i talk about is being courageous and clearly with what the president was up against uh he had to have great courage because the abolitionists wanted him to uh, free the slaves and you know he's dealing with uh people his critics and all and obviously his critics in the south but uh he was constantly criticized but he was going to do the right thing that he thought was best to achieve his overall purpose was which was to preserve the union mm-hmm. and you know you, you talk you know, back to the idea of humility i'm just saying back there was really excellent book um, called Toyota by Toyota that came out um, about a year ago. And the first two chapters of the book were really on nothing but humility and leading with humility and, and how important that is uh, within the culture of the plants, uh, you know, in Georgetown, Kentucky. And, and, and it must trace all the way back, uh, I would presume, to the culture of Toyota back in Japan. I mean, it seems like um, you know, humility and integrity of all those different traits, it seems like to some extent, or at least by the time you get to be an adult and a manager, maybe you have integrity or you don't. Um, if you lose your humility, maybe it can grow back if uh, if, you, if you try enough. But can, can you think of some examples, um, of, you know, particularly on, on you know, the, the front of leading with humility, any of the modern CEOs that you profile? Within the book, is is there one or uh, you know, that stands out? Well, you in know, particular? I, mean, I think I think what really struck me was, and, and obviously, you know, a little bit of a disclaimer. You know, I do work as an advisor for Underwriters Laboratories, uh, but really, Keith Williams, um, you know, he's he's probably one of the people that is just so humble. He's somebody that really is easily admits his failures. And an example would be, he sends out a a, a email every week to all the employees, and um, he's done this since he's been at the helm for eight years consistently. And he talks about what he's seeing expectations, but he also talks about his own failures, things that worked out and things that he learned. And, and he wants to share that with people in terms of where he thinks the organization could do better. But he also talks about things that he would do better and what he learned when things didn't work out. And to me, I think that's a great example of somebody who is not afraid to be totally transparent with people and it makes people feel more comfortable when they're dealing with somebody that has that humility. I also found him as a person too that struck me is that he, although he's uh, he's he's got great business acumen, he's quick to admit, he said, I really don't know anything about that. I really would like to learn about that. Um, He listens in a humble fashion to try to understand uh, rather than tell you everything he knows. So, um, He's he's an individual that you know I really respect because of he's very consistent in that behavior. Um, he's not talking about himself. 
he never talks about what he achieved. He talks about what the organization achieves. He never takes personal credit for things. He credits the organization. And if there's a failure, he, he, takes, he also takes responsibility. So I think those are the kind of traits that I also saw in, uh, in the Toyota leaders and you know, I've learned about and I've observed in the Toyota leaders and other great leaders in organizations that have been very successful over a long period of time in implementing continuous improvement in the right fashion. Yeah. Now, who are some of the other of the modern CEOs that, that you profile or interview in the book? Well, you know, Owen is pretty interesting because he just bought the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's Shad Khan. And Shad Khan, if, uh, if you've read Lean Thinking, you can recall, he was one of the first suppliers that Toyota worked with uh, to try to help their suppliers. And um, he is really interesting because when we interviewed him, um, his depth of knowledge of the Toyota production system and his, his passion about the system and how what it meant to his business and how he was able to take a business 17 years ago that was doing 50 million and now it's doing 3 billion and he credits it to the whole approach to continuous improvement and showing respect for people and trying to create problem solvers throughout his organization and um you know he he too said you know he you know failure he said he, he learned more than from failure than he did from success but he built upon that so that to me was somebody that i was somewhat surprised at his depth his knowledge i mean he was bringing up japanese cartoons that he learned from and uh rarely do you get a, a ceo that engages at that level that has that depth of knowledge and you know it's been translated into tremendous success for him uh in his business career and with his business well you you've just made a really at least in my mind a really interesting team out of the jacksonville jaguars which is your uh i don't know if you call hometown team but uh you're you're certainly uh, right. a fixture there in the jacksonville lean community have, have you had a chance to talk with him about i mean i'm sure like you know once you think lean you can't turn that off now he's got this altogether different business challenge of an NFL team that hasn't had a lot of success in recent years. Um, have you had a chance to talk with them about how he's No, I, I actually, I, I haven't really <laughs> talked to him in person. I will be uh, probably in April when he's back and he'll be back in town for the draft. And uh, But I have been working with the Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars, not on the uh, football team, but uh, in applying continuous improvement to some of their non-football operations. And it's been a, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. And, uh, Obviously, they know what's important to the owner, and uh, so they had an interest in, in learning about it, and they're actually applying it in areas and, and beginning their journey. So that's really been kind of kind of neat to see that. Uh, I don't know if it's been applied to any other sports franchise. I haven't read about it, but it is kind of neat to see that happening there, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, getting uh, Shad Khan, he's going to talk to the business community, 50 or 60 CEOs uh, in, I think, May or June, and, and share his success. I think it's really going to help us to get other CEOs and leaders uh, really to understand the power of, of, of this uh, uh, leadership approach and what it can mean to their business in terms of delivering value to their customers and also achieving the results that they want to achieve in the right way with uh, their companies and organizations. And, and is there, um, what, what, not to make you pick a favorite, but is there another CEO that you profiled um, you know, had kind of maybe a surprising 
lesson or, or something that was even new to you about lean leadership with all of the experience well, that you had? I, I think I think one of the things that um, one guy that um, who's really been very committed to it, I really have tremendous respect for too, is uh, the sheriff of Jacksonville, John Rutherford. Um, I introduced him to uh, uh, lean on a tour of a, a Medtronic facility, and he got it right away. And you know, he's really stayed the course over the last, I guess, nine years. Uh, but what really surprised me was that he had gone beyond applying this to his organization uh, internally, but he was out there in the community creating these uh, sheriff advisory uh, councils, 19 of them, to go and to teach people how to solve problems and facilitate that process throughout the Jacksonville community. So he he really has done something that I, I, I didn't anticipate, that he would take it and really... Uh, spread it so far within the community, and um, it's really been great because he's been able to leverage the resources of people within the community to solve problems right within the community rather than the traditional way of policing. Um, so that has been very effective. He's had a lot of success to do it, and he's continuing to uh, really uh, champion that and try to proliferate it through the the community to get everybody involved in, in solving some of the problems of crime within the community. And uh, so that, that, that to me was something that uh, uh, I hadn't seen before and I hadn't anticipated from a leadership standpoint. Yeah, and, um, you know, I talked to, um, at least he was with the department at the time, I, I believe he retired, uh, Lieutenant Randy Russell back in podcast Correct. episodes 51 and 60. Um, really fascinating to chat with him a couple of years ago about at least what was going on. I mean, this was back in 2008. Oh, my gosh, five years ago. Um, can, can you tell us a little bit more? I mean, it sounds like the sheriff's department and uh, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, an elected, this, right? it's an elected position. And obviously, last time, I don't know what his approval rating was, but it was 70 or 80 percent. It's way up there because of the, what he's been able to do in terms of the improvements. And he credits... Uh, Lean is a very important strategy and, and uh, one of the ways he's been really able to achieve uh, a lot of success in terms of the outcomes that he's been able to uh, gain through uh, improving processes. But one of the things that he's done is he really wants this to be something that will be sustainable uh, well after he leaves office. He's in his third term now. And uh, he probably will not seek another term. So what he did was he really embedded um, the expectations, the training, the development, and continuous improvement within his whole HR area. So it's really in the development plans of, of the people within his organization that um, they need these skills and they need to, and in terms of their objectives, uh, they're expected to participate in events and they're expected to uh, continue to uh, accelerate the process within their specific areas and work together to try to, to help out in other areas within uh, the sheriff's uh, overall uh, area of responsibility. So to me, um, this is really getting embedded. It's going to be very difficult, even with an elected office, to undo uh, a lot of the things that have been implemented in terms of the methodology and the plans because the organization only is learning, they only know one way to do things, and that's to really go through it with problem solving and continuous improvement and using the scientific method. So um, I have, I have, you know, I, I, the, the nice part is many times a leader will leave an organization and, you know, you're so dependent on the person at the top. 
I think he's really been able to embed this in his organization. And uh, actually, I'm, you know, his his particular uh, the sheriff's department was recognized as the most outstanding uh, member of the Jacksonville Lean Consortium last year, and I'm actually going there to to be part of presenting that award to the sheriff tomorrow. And uh, you know, he's he knows this stuff. He's excited about it, and he sees the tremendous impact. So. Um, that, that's what's really uh, terrific to see that this thing will live on well before, uh, well beyond what uh, Sheriff uh, Rutherford's term in office. Yeah, and, and that's such a great sign of the, the culture really being transformed. That it's become you know that practices and, and methods and ideas have been so embedded in the culture that um, it you know maybe becomes resistant to change in a good way. In terms of people are, are going to hold on to things that work, things that have made. Uh, their work life more more engaging and, and more rewarding. Um, that, that seems like a really good sign. All right. Um, now, um, we've got a few. Oh, I was going to also say to the listeners, uh, we, we did a previous episode, um, number 137, where Jerry and I talked more about the Jacksonville Lean Consortium, if, if you'd like to hear our previous discussion on that. Um, now, kind of um, maybe talk just a few minutes about healthcare before we wrap up. You also talked to uh, Dr. John Toussaint, who was the former CEO of ThetaCare uh, for this book, correct? Correct. Yes, I did. So, what uh-huh. are you know? And, and you've been working. You're uh, you know a close colleague of uh, the world's first lean dentist, Sammy Bawry, down there in Jacksonville. What what are some of the things that you're seeing in terms of lean leadership in healthcare? Well, I think there's a real appetite for it. I think that uh, we work with the Mayo Clinic as part of the consortium and Nemours Children's Hospital and the largest children's hospital in the country. Uh, they're, they're in, and, um, and they're really looking to, they, they understand the tools and they're beginning to implement the systems, but I think they're well recognizing the real X factor is developing the leaders to behave in the correct fashion. And so, that to me is a big area that they all are looking towards, and that's what we we see as a real limiting factor. Uh, people are looking for leaders that are going to really serve the organization, and that they're going to put the organization and they're going to put people before themselves. And so, what I'm seeing is a tremendous need to develop those type of leaders. I mean, it's not only in healthcare; I think it's throughout the whole lean movement. And uh, but we have more, and there's been a lot of interest in the book, and at least locally in the healthcare community. Uh, we're just starting to promote the book nationally, but we've been for the first few months really focusing on Jacksonville. And uh, I'm actually going to Flagler Hospital. They want to meet me, and uh, that's down towards St. Augustine, and it's and they're talking about joining the consortium. And they want to learn more about the leadership. How do they develop the type of leaders uh, that will behave in the correct fashion so that they can. Uh, not only make implement, but really uh, have a, uh, sustain and be able to accelerate uh, the implementation of continuous improvement and the leaders that will be able to galvanize everybody throughout the organization in a fashion that they're able to uh, really get their whole organization, everyone, everywhere, every day, I think as Bruce Hamilton, uh, one of my friends says, uh, involved. You know, you don't want some people. So um, and that's a big change, you know, in terms of leadership. People have been very successful one way, but to be a lean leader, as I laid out with the Kentar traits, some people, they, they have a lot of work in certain areas that they want to be truly effective. 
Well, thanks, Jerry, for sharing a little bit about um, your new book, Anatomy of a Lean Leader. What are some of the best ways people can find the book uh, to, to learn well, more? I think right now it? we we don't. Yeah, we the, it's on Amazon, so you can order it on Amazon, and um, electronic copy will be out, out within a within a month. We're a little slow on that, but um, if you just go on Amazon, you you can order it on Amazon. That's the easiest way to get to it, and. Uh, Hopefully, and one of the things I did just to finish up is I, I put five Socratic questions at the end of each char- ch- chapter on the character trait. So this isn't the spectator sport. You know, you have to engage. You have to really kind of challenge yourself so you can learn by doing, by kind of answering these questions and reflecting on where you are in terms of these character traits, which I think are vital to being successful as a lean leader. And people can find you online, bustlelean.com. Yeah, bustlelean.com. Um, you know, they can, whatever I've, I've written, there's been several interviews I've done on TV and, and some radio work and all that, and, and also some articles that I've uh, written. And uh, my, my goal is just to share things. I think just to finish up, I would say that, you know, Jim Womack always told us in the lean community to share, uh, it, to, to steal shamelessly. And what I'd add to that is we need to share generously. And this is my opportunity to try to do that, is share what I've learned, my successes and failures, and those of others, so that uh, people can build upon that in terms of becoming uh, effective lean leaders. Well, Jerry, thanks again for um, taking time to talk. It's a pleasure, as always, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Okay, thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.